ready to wake up, you're going to wake up. And if you're not ready, you're going to stay pretending that you're just a little, poor little me. Soldiers, don't fight for slavery, fight for liberty. In the 17th chapter of St. Luke, it is written, the kingdom of God is within man, not one man, nor a group of men, but in all men, in you, you the people have the power. The world is like a ride at an amusement park, and when you choose to go on it, you think it's real, because that's how powerful our minds are. Everybody is I. You all know you are you. And wheresoever beings exist throughout all galaxies, it doesn't make any difference. You are all of them. And when they come into being, that's you coming into being. How's it going, people? Hope you're all doing well wherever you are in the world. And in this podcast today, me and Laura jumped on for a live q and I eventually convinced her to jump on. It was the first one she did. Um, she was a little bit nervous, but you couldn't tell that when she was in there. <laughs> it was such a powerful one. I mean, we in this one, you know, we dived so deep. We talked about everything from, you know, we started off talking about Flat Earth because that was one of the questions. We talked about relationships. Then we went all the way to talking about how waking up and the deep work. Then we went all the way to Mars. We talked about ancient cultures. Um, we talked about the veganism conversation. I mean, this one went, this one went super deep. You know, it went from it went. It was if this was a um, if this was sort of a um, a sports game, it would have been in the crowd, out of the crowd, back in the crowd, out of the stadium, and back in again. <laughs> but anyway, it was a good one. And I, what you know, what I just wanted to say as well because. Um, had a bit of introspection this morning because this one was recorded last night and you know the f- the the feedback from you guys you know like sometimes when when you know a lot of people when it comes to these uh, conversations and these deep topics a lot of people i, I find um you know people will stay on the fringe you know people will stay on the surface they'll not go deeper and they'll not really they're, they're sort of afraid to they're this very skeptical and afraid to maybe go a little bit beyond the veil sort of say because it's not it's not so solid but i kind of feel like you know sometimes as human beings we have to let our minds go to the go go beyond that next layer you know if we all stay in the sort of the realm of certainty um and you know maybe scared of what maybe we'll talk about or bring forward to an audience because we're worried about maybe losing the audience or losing some money or something like that because i kind of feel like a lot of other youtube channels and a lot of podcasts out there you know they'll, they'll always stay surface just in the media's already doing that anyway because you know that they want to that they're frightened to, to sort of break the normal patterns of conditioning and be laughed at in a way um and be scared to be ridiculed you know but i kind of feel like um this people on this there's a lot more what I'm, I'm coming to terms with especially when i was interacting with all you guys in the live comments there is so many of you out there who are also asking the same questions you know so if we if none of us if no one actually uh, takes a step forward and talks about something that's maybe too far out there then how are we supposed to know if anyone else is also thinking that so think about that anyway in your daily life don't be scared to talk about topics that in your mind that you might be thinking in your mind that you'd be laughed at um because you might be surprised anyway and i was me and laura were both surprised by this live video that we did because so many more people were willing to engage and also asking the same questions which i feel is be- beautiful i've said this many times but this community that is grown is awesome and i promise you that it really is amazing to see how many other people are um, like-minded it's really refreshing and it really it really uh, makes us happy and smile so enjoy this one anyway if you can as always please and and i i can't literally this anymore please support try and support the podcast if you can through the one-off donation option or the patreon page really goes such a long way to help me um keep doing this every single week 
uh, you know this doing these things it takes a lot of time and a lot of effort and it's, it really um you know it takes a lot of effort for me to do this so if you can that's all i'm asking i know some of you out there can't donate but if you are in a position even one dollars or two dollars the price of a cup of coffee really just helps me to keep doing what i'm doing I'm also offering some one-on-one coaching. I've been working with quite a few people now from who listen to the podcast, and it's really cool. You know, sometimes when we have these one-on-one coaching sessions, um, I know a lot of you may be in a position where you want to have coaching, but you're a bit unsure how it's going to go down. You know, sometimes um, it depends what you want in your life. Sometimes these conversations are just... Sometimes people just... A lot of people who I, I'm doing coaching with sometimes just need a friend to talk to. Maybe they're having a deep experience or something they're unsure about, and they haven't got people around them who who understands them or someone who... You know, someone who just maybe um they're not in a, they don't feel comfortable around to discuss and you know i can offer that i can i've been doing that with a few people i've just been it's been very refreshing i've just been um having we've been getting together in these one-on-one personal coaching and it allows the other person to you know to to express some things that they're working on um so anyway i love you all enjoy this one peace out How's it going, people? How's it going? So um, I eventually convinced Laura to do a live Q&A. She was a little bit nervous, to say the least, but I thought she would add a lot of uh, good value and could have a a good ramble between us. And I know last time when I did the live podcast as well, Laura was in the live comments and a lot of you were asking her a lot of questions, which I thought was really cool and interesting. The other day, actually, me and Laura just tell you guys a little bit of a story before we start diving in and answering some questions. Uh, there's already a few questions that's been answered in the in the live feed at the side. Um, me and Laura um, basically um, went to a place in not far from where we're located in the in the minute in the north of England, a place called Northumberland, which is basically on not far from the Scottish border. And we visited a, a sort of a megalithic structure that's four thousand years old, sort of like stone circles, very much like Avery, and also very much like Stonehenge, but it's sort of like. Uh, Northumberland's version of that and we sort of there was no one around at all which was really interesting it was such a beautiful day and we we headed up to the stone circles and we walked barefoot barefoot up as well didn't we yeah it was cool uh, it was really nice and we actually did did some eye gazing in the in the center of the the stone circles which was really interesting and we had some wild and wacky experiences uh, with eye gazing it's obviously a new thing that you know we've practiced the practiced eye gazing me and Laura for quite a while um, but we've never done it in sort of like a megalithic structure or or sort of, for example, or in in a sort of a historical place. And we really did have some very profound, uh, interesting experiences with it, which we're not going to talk about yet. We need to process them because we had some, we've seen some really interesting stuff, seen ourselves as some interesting uh, characters and stuff, <laughs> if you want to put it like that. Yeah. Um, so we need to sort of process a bit more of that in the, um, to before we speak about it. Also, just before I dive in as well, I wanted to... Um, like I said before, I want to answer loads of questions that's coming up in the feed. There's already a few questions in there. Um, but there was already a few questions that were asked um, a while ago. I was meant to do a Q&A and I wanted to sort of attack a few of them questions. Um, some people who support the podcast and stuff like that sent in a few questions. Um, the, so the, the first question that someone actually asked was um, was Capital C. So Capital C was actually a guest who's been on the podcast. But he, he from time to time he watches the podcast also. And he sent over a question. 
and also shout out to Capital C. He's actually got a new, amazing new song out, which is all about censorship, which is really cool because Capital C is more of a mainstream artist and he's got quite a young following. And uh, he's really sort of um, made a song that's all about censorship. So I really love artists who promote that. But anyway, a capital C's question, we'll dive in. He says, um, <laughs> an easy question to start, a little bit of a, um, <laughs> not not such a, um, not, not such a rabbit hole to say the least. <laughs> he says, what's your theory on flat earth, uh, uh, flat earth space in the, in the universe? So do you want to go first on this or me? Uh, I'll go first. So I used to like be a great believer in the the globe model, what we've been taught since birth. And I used to look up at the stars at night and think that they were suns from like solar systems billions and billions of miles away. And as I started going through my awakening process and started to peel back the the layers and the spells that we've been taught since birth, um, when I look up at the sky now, through my like awake my more awakened consciousness than I was back then it's like I look up at the night sky and it feels like there's a dome over and it feels like the stars are light particles like poking through like a veil it feels like the the stars are consciousnesses and how they move um interacts human consciousness um we had an interesting experience about a week ago where we were on a bike ride and when we came back from the bike ride, we saw the sun and the sun was actually in front of some clouds. There was a cloud in front of the sun, but the sun was actually in front of some clouds as well. And if you think that the model that we've been taught is that the sun is 93 million miles away, which I think that's that's the number. I'm not 100% sure on that one, but um, that doesn't make any sense why the sun would be in front of some clouds. So yeah, I'm going towards that. It's it's a flat plane, but I, I'm open to anything, you know? Um, I think we've been taught so many lies and history and NASA's very dodgy, so I don't know. I think I'm going towards it being more flat where I am at the moment anyway. Yeah, so yeah, so for me, I mean, I'm someone who is open-minded on any on everything, you know, and I think we should always be open-minded and you know, I'm, I'm I'm someone who's I've got no I've got no investment in it being any shape or shape. I'm just someone who's interested in the mysteries of life. And when it comes to the the flat Earth conversation, I've talked about this quite a few times. I think like there's a lot of non anomalies when it comes to when we start looking at the properties of what NASA's telling us about certain things that that should hold up in terms of even in terms of gravity and other things that they speak about how the atmosphere is supposed to be leaking and things like that. There's many different scientific anomalies. And um, when it comes to comes to it, there is a lot of there is a lot of um, you know there's a lot of people who's much more intelligent than me, and people who also don't speak on podcasts who I've also met in person who are not willing to you know people who are academics who are questioning the current model, and I'm not talking about questioning the model just from the the flat Earth perspective, just question basically just questioning the information that we're getting that the that the government and NASA's putting out to us telling us what the shape is or telling us what how far planets are meant to be what's meant to be out there. There is a lot of anomalies, and there's also to add to that as well. There's also a lot of, um, there's a lot of sort of um, not semi-professional sort of astron astronomers who have very expensive equipment. You know, we can now you can even go out now and get a buy a Sony a Sony Nikon camera, which I think they're about uh, five hundred pound, four hundred pound, and they have like such a high end zoom now where you can actually look at the moon yourself. You can start looking at the night sky and seeing certain things that were being told and anomalies are out of place. I mean, you can even just get a pair of binoculars, you know, and, and and do that as well. It's just cool to do it anyway. You know, space itself is fascinating. I'm someone who grew up 
and you know I was fascinated by the by this you know all the different planets out there and even if the planets are round which I'm I'm unsure about I don't even know what's out there anymore um it's still it's still a magical place regardless whether it's flat whether it's round whether it's a simulation whether it's shaped like a a big dick in the sky <laughs> who who knows what it is you know but I think the biggest question that we should be asking is is um I think it's cool to ask all them questions but for me on my journey I feel like there's something more metaphysical about this place you know and I feel like um maybe the the shape of the planet maybe the properties of the planet is actually dictated through human consciousness so as we move through our lens of reality maybe the shape or maybe things that we see in the night sky are actually affected you know for the best way i can describe this is if you take psychedelics and you go um, and you go outside um in nature nature starts morphing and changing in a complete different way you know your lens of consciousness uh, um, starts evolving in a different way where you can actually see things much different so um i think there's a lot to be said about um how human consciousness interacts with with um not only just ourselves but actually interacts with the world around us and um, so i think that's all any more to say on that really um no not really i think like you were saying i think we we all are the center of our own universes so as you peel back layers of conditioning certain truths are going to appear themselves to you yeah so. definitely i think like i say i think there's a there's a there is a lot um i know it's a it's a sort of a very you know, there's, 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 you're going to get two camps of people. You're going to say, you know, it's flat, it's round, and the other people will call other people flat earthers. They'll call them crazy, uh, conspiracy theorists. You know, but this, there, this is still, it's there's still a lot of information up for debate. You know, um, even cultures in the past. I mean, there's, I looked into the work of the Sumerians. You know, and the Sumerians depicted all the different planets, and they had all the planets. Um, you know, they were a culture that was far more ahead of the time, and they depicted all the planets as circular. You know, as as round as the model that we're being given now. And what's interesting, they also depicted that there was a thirteenth planet as well called Planet Nibiru, which um which is which is supposedly a lot of people, a lot of astronomers say that it's actually moved out of our uh, solar system now. But however, there's also a lot of theories about the work of Zachary Stitchin and how Zachary Stitchin was actually working with royal families at the time, and he was given a lot of truths, but he was also hiding a lot of stuff in plain sight because when the when governments give out information, they sometimes do this; they leak truths but also give half truths to sort of knock you off the scent so there's a lot of theories that Zachary Stitching was actually was actually sort of controlled folly if that makes sense and he was I'm not too sure but there's theories around that and um, but there's also as well there is a lot of text from the uh, cultures called the I think the verdict verdicts the verdicts the verdicts I think I can't pronounce that but anyway there's, there's verdicts. verdicts I think there's, there's there's scriptures of them talking about how the earth's a flat plane there's also other cultures talking about how the earth's a flat plane there's also maps of flat planes um, but there's also maps of the round earth as well so you know i feel like this this is this is still up for debate and there's a, there's um there's a lot of interesting stuff um especially when it regards to discovering new stuff of what's going on especially when it comes to antarctica what's past antarctica you know we can't go to antarctica why is that and um, why can why can you um why can you only go to one place in antarctica why did why was Hitler fascinated by Antarctica in the middle of the Cold War? He sent like 10,000 men to Antarctica to go searching for stuff. There's theories in many different scriptures talking about how there's pyramids there. Graham Hancock has an interesting theory about Antarctica, how uh, the tectonic plates actually shifted and moved, and it was close at near Australia. So, you know, this that I don't even know. It, it, it's, it fascinates me to say the least. There's a lot more to be discovered. Also looking at the work of Admiral Byrd as well, who, um, who took a team excursion in the i think the 40s or something or the 30s he took a team there and he had some interesting journals that he was writing about seeing how 
he was coming across you know lands that were much bigger than we've been told and stuff like that animals that ha we haven't seen um creatures that we haven't seen that are on the are on sort of where we are on the planet so i don't know you know it's up for debate anyway it's it's interesting to say the least another question which was asked um so like i said before there's a few questions i'm going to ask of pre-questions that's already been asked then we'll spend so much time we'll go through all the comments down the side and we'll answer them all i promise i promise you will um so someone said can you talk about so this was someone who didn't want the name mentioned someone a listener who listens to the podcast i think they listen to the audio version they said can you talk about the matching of frequencies with other people that aren't your significant other, how do we tell if more than an ordinary attraction? And if so, do we honour what our higher consciousness is telling us despite the heartache and confusion it may cause? And also they said as well about talking about how, how do we know if they're our, our twin flame? So there's a few questions in that. Um, do you want to answer that first? Yes. Yeah, so um, the question talks about matching of the frequencies. So I feel like if it could be, if it's meaning like as a, a relationship, I think when you're in a relationship with other people, I think attraction to other people is normal. I, I think just because you're in a relationship, it doesn't mean that your attraction to other human beings stops. There is going to be um, certain areas and certain things of different human beings that, that attract you. And I think, I'm just trying to get, think about this. I think... Sometimes I think that when when you're attracted to someone, I think sometimes it's subconscious elements that are at play and it's not, it might not be your higher self because when subconscious elements are at play, it feels like a, it feels like an intense pull and you can feel like it is like a twin flame dynamic. It feels like your higher self's working through you, but it's actually just subconscious elements that, you know, this person might remind you of a caregiver or or reflect the dynamic of how you were raised and brought up to believe what love is. So I feel like um, sometimes that can be at play. So ultimately, I'm still working on stuff within myself. So I, I, I honestly, I don't know. I don't have all the answers. I just, I, I recognize in myself that when it is like a true twin flame dynamic and when it is like a, a, a true attraction that's meant to be, it feels more like a, like an exhale. It feels more like a a clean energy it doesn't feel like a a toxic pull where you're both very excited by each other it's not so much excitement it's more about like calmness and relaxation and feel like yeah you're coming home to, to another person and I feel like that puts a lot of people off because a lot of people have been conditioned since childhood to believe that love is meant to be like chaotic and traumatic but it really isn't and I feel like some people can subconsciously search for traumatic and toxic situations because their idea of love is skewed from growing up yeah i like that i couldn't say it any better and also as well but when it's also a twin flame relationship just speaking from a more of a metaphysical perspective if you are if you do if you say if you meet someone you know there's there's no doubt when you're in that situation i promise you there's no doubt you know there's um if you know you know that's all i'm going to say but the the signals that you that your inner chemistry gives off and also the signals that the energy with inside your body gives off you know it's no doubt it's like there's always a famous quote when it says that you, when you see when you see the one you'll know you know and it's hard to explain that but when you know you know <laughs> definitely um it's another question someone said um 
Oh, so this one, this is a question. I can't remember the person's name, but you'll know who this question was. Someone said, how how do you feel towards life, not fitting in, losing your appetite for all kinds of things, even what we watch and what we listen to? So I think this is quite a common theme, you know, when we start the spiritual journey or you just start waking up in general, you start losing your appetite for um, so many different things around you. Um, you know, for example, the, the news, you know, even now I, can, I can't walk past the TV without feeling sick in my body or, having, or laughing my head off. Um, but I think we we do we not even just not even just um, physical things. I think um, you know uh, the obviously the internal sort of things inside of us will start dropping off. For example, whatever it might be, you know, some bad habits might start f- falling off. It might be something that, for example, for one one for mine is is um, you know um, pornography was one for me, um, and I'm going to put it out there. You know, that was one for me as I started waking up. I started losing my appetite for that. I started losing my appetite for playing on video games. Um, I also started losing my appetite for associating and hanging around with certain groups of people. I was sort of longing for deeper connections. So I kind of feel it's just a natural progression as you start waking up. You're going to start losing your appetite for many different things. Also, you lose your appetite for food. <laughs> and you want to start You want to start having more healthier foods. Also, another one is um, you'll start... I remember in the past I used to be eat, eat some food. And it was... Um, I was thought, like, for example, olives, I'd be like, oh, olives are horrible. But as you start getting more sensitive to um, and you detoxify, uh, detoxifying your body from all the crap foods, you actually start enjoying, you know, the, these sort of these quote unquote foods that may be classed as, you know, sort of a bit out there. It's even your senses and your taste buds start evolving and, you know, everything in your whole body. It's like we're constantly peeling back the layer of the self and being sort of... Um, you know, because the body really is a frequency and we're, being, we're emitting a frequency. And as we start cleaning the energy and start moving forward and waking up, we actually start, you know, f- aligning to the to the true frequency, what we want to be sort of operating on. 100%. I think as well, like, especially when I was like going through my awakening journey personally, you're on such a different frequency when you're acting unconsciously towards life. Because before you go through your awakening journey, you're basically identified with your thoughts and as you start to awaken, you kind of take that step back into the larger awareness and realise that you're yeah, not your thoughts. And once that happens, things start manifesting very quickly and your yeah, evolution starts speeding up rapidly. And I feel like when that happens, it's a very confusing and turbulent time. I remember I would feel so lonely. I was working at McDonald's at the time and I would go... I was going into work and I, on my lunch break, I was reading uh, Dr. Rick Strassman's book, DMT, The Spirit Molecule. And I was sitting reading this massive like metaphysical book on my lunch break at McDonald's. And I was like <laughs> trying to have conversations with people at work and, and I, you know, it would, it would take it too deep for them. So they'd have to like make a vulgar joke to bring the, bring the frequency back down. But it's, it's a really difficult time, but for anyone who's going through it or I know you guys in the comments probably have already passed this stage but it's it's just about honoring that and realizing that it's a shedding of un, a shedding of frequencies that no longer save you and as you start to peel the layers back and start like embodying your true self more you become more of a vibrational match to people that you do fit in with and sorry I know you would have jumped in there no, but no. um sorry. I think like I felt quite lonely until I met Dan it I had never met anyone who was kind of who understood the world the same way I did or looked at the world the same way I did 
And it wasn't until I met Dan where I really felt like I was understood because before I, would, I felt this kind of like internal dilemma of knowing what I feel to be true and seeing the world and knowing that something isn't right, but having everybody else in my external reality not kind of understand that or get that. So I think as you just start to peel back the layers, you know, your frequency rises and you attract the right people. Yeah. I was just going to add as well, it's so cool, you know, when you when when you work a nine to five job or something and you actually find someone in that job who you have commonalities with. Like I remember the story once in the old job I was doing and, um, you know, you, you sort of, you, you know, you don't know who you can talk to about these deeper concepts. You know, it's sort of you're tiptoeing around people and um, you maybe have to have low, uh, sort of lower sort of surface conversations maybe that don't fulfill that part of your soul. But then, you know, when you maybe you drop a seed or you maybe bring something up by an accident. I remember, for me, I remember seeing this guy talking about something about natural movement and how I was going to be doing some natural movement tonight. And he was like, oh, natural movement, like Idol Portel. And then from there, it goes all the way from Idol Portel talking about the nature of reality. So I kind of feel like I love them conversations when you meet people, and I'm sure you're all out there where you have these, where sometimes you can just drop that little seed in and you know you you end up having that one of them conversations where you five hours six hours seven hours pass passes, um, and I remember a funny story where um the, the old job I was working in, um and you know you were monitored for time and you had to sort of you know on this on this strict schedule and you need to be done, and this guy who I was working with we were sharing um sharing a van together, and um we ended up after having that conversation we ended up completely forgetting to do our job and we sat in the van for about six hours and the next day we were called in the office <laughs> and got a complete arse spanking <laughs> it was worth it though it was so funny <laughs> what we was doing lads we're talking about the nature of reality <laughs> surprise me with you you always used to get pulled in the office at his old job <laughs> um Someone said, Andrew Andrew Garley, I know he might be in the comments now, actually, he normally watches, but he said, what's your thoughts on advanced spiritual stages versus mental health? So I thought this was really funny. So he said, I mean, opening up a portal in your bedroom isn't isn't mental health, is it? <laughs> so I love that. So no, opening up a portal in your bedroom is definitely not mental health. I think that's, um, I think you're just starting to find out that you're God now. Yeah. <laughs> But I think, you know, it's really interesting because when it comes to, um, you know, when it comes to these big experiences, at times I've had these huge experiences where, you know, it feels like it feels like you're going to, you know, you're going to get uh, the, the men in white coats are going to come and get you. You're going to be put in a mental a mental asylum. And you've had experiences like this. Yeah. You know, you get stretched out so far out there that you in comparison to, to your normal patterns or your normal uh, quote unquote normal life, it seems so far out there. Um, and there's times where you just think like, Canal, I feel crazy, you know, I, I'm, I'm going to lose my mind. And I think that's just natural, you know. Um, I think, um, you know, I really do think that that, 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 our, that our potential is infinite, you know. I mean, I've had I've had moments in my life where somebody, you know, I've had, I'm not even going to lie about it, I've had moments where I've actually been able to hear people's thoughts. I've had moments where I've felt emotions, negatively and positive through my body. I've, um, you know, the list goes on and on. I've seen myself as a reptilian. It's like in these experiences, you know, it seems the further that you go down, they become more and more second nature and they don't become as, you know, it, you don't get a, a sort of a shock to the system as much. But in the early days when you do have them experiences, you know, sometimes it can knock you so out of balance that you don't even know what's real and what's not. Um, I had an experience just to quickly touch on where um, I did a podcast ages ago and I never put it out. And um, I ended up eye-gazing with the guest because, you know, when you speak with a guest, it's very sort of intense. And I ended up seeing my head on his bo body and it was very early in my spiritual awakening. 
And as I was walking down London on this on the front street, um, I was such in an altered state of consciousness through that experience, through the eye gazing practice, that it really lifted, elevated me consciousness. That I was actually seeing my face as a hologram on everyone's body in, in the streets of London. And I was, honestly, I was I thought I was going crazy at first, and that was even without psychedelics. So I kind of feel like you know. I don't even know how deep this rabbit hole goes. I think it's just endless, you know, of these big experiences that we can have. Um, you know, and just all I can say to you is that, you know what, we are going to, we are going to have like, for example, like that guy says he's opened up portals in, in his room. Um, who knows what's the, what, what um, experiences we can actually have, you know, because I think this, this place to me is so mysterious. Yeah, I think um, I watched a TED talk not that long ago. It was called, um, I can't remember the guy who did it, but it was called Psychosis or, Psychosis or Spiritual Awakening or something along those lines. And he spoke about how in the, in indigenous tribes, people that split, that would be called schizophrenic in our society were actually um, had high authority in the tribes and they would be like groomed into the positions of the shaman so that they can see beyond like this third dimensional reality. And I remember... Um, I was actually going to see a therapist not that long ago, about three years ago, about maybe about two years ago. And I actually told her about an experience I had as a child about seeing a reptilian in my bedroom. And she was just like, um, yeah, so when you're, ch you're a child, you make up stories just to, you know, to make sense of life. And I was like, no, I, I definitely saw this entity in my room. And I think what um, modern psychology and psychotherapy is missing is like a real recognition of spirit and um, spiritual experiences like that. I remember when I was going through my awakening journey, I, I really, I, I had a, an actual genuine fear of being sectioned because I was like having out of body experiences. I was seeing um, the great gray aliens at the end of my driveway. I was waking up and seeing entities in my bedroom. And it was, it was something that was um, quite frightening at the time, but it's like, I think it, as you start unpeeling those layers of the psyche, these things make themselves more known to you. I think mental health and spirituality are correlated in the sense that when I was very depressed in myself, I was living as a like a, I was living as a fun like a false self. I'd created up this ego to to fit in with the world, which ultimately wasn't me at all. And what my soul was doing was just crying out to to really be itself and be more authentic, and that's when I went through that window uh, of that breakthrough, I started to peel back the layers and become a more authentic version. So I think mental health and spirituality kind of do go hand in hand, but there is a very, there's a lack of understanding in society about how that works. I think a lot of people, you know, when that soul's calling out to be heard, when they have depression, they'll externalize their power and go to the doctors and get put on antidepressants and numb that feeling out. And it's, it's actually quite sad because it stops a, a human from, actualizing that true potential in that true self yeah definitely so we're going to start answering some of the questions now they were just a few questions that that, that sort of people who support the podcast sent in and people who sent questions a while ago when i was meant to do a q a and i thought laura could add some good value on them so i kept them back for when laura was going to do the live um so we're going to ask answer some questions now in the live chat there's some really cool questions already coming in there was also a question before it sort of disappeared um i don't know if i've clicked it off by an accident but you remember the first question that came up before because yeah. i can't see it so for some reason some of the questions are not are not showing up but i know there was a question one of the earlier questions because i seen a flash up earlier on and it was how would you pronounce it called tartaria 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 so someone asked have you heard about the theory of tartaria 
So um, I haven't done a lot of research into that. Laura hasn't done much either. Uh, but what we know about it is that supposedly there's a lot of theories around that. Um, so the, the general conspiracy around Tartaria, how is Tartaria? Tartaria. Tartaria, is that it was um, an advanced civilization, supposedly that was covered up by a mud a mudslide or mud or something. Is that is that I, right? I think so. Something like that. A mud flood. A mud flood. A mud flood. They called it, and um, basically, um, that advanced civilization was is, is like sort of a you know, they were more advanced and stuff that had um, that had technology, futuristic technology, free energy and stuff like that. Um, but I haven't looked much into it. But besides that, you know, when it comes to um, the things of the past, that's something that I'm very much interested in. You, and I really feel like you know. The more and more evidence is now coming forward of showing every single day how much more advanced we are as, as a civil, how how much more older we are as a civilization. You know, more and more things are constantly coming to the foresight all times. Uh, there was a really interesting guy, uh, guy's book uh, ages ago called Michael Cremo. He wrote a book called Forbidden Archaeology, I think, uh, and he uh, believes that the human race, like modern atomical human beings like us, you know how they talk about how there's different forms of humanoids, but he believes that the modern human atomical human being like ourselves with the same brain size and everything actually goes back millions of years um and you know it's interesting to think how old we are as a civilization because i feel like um you know the pyramids are all around the world it's clear to me that um i mean then were the, the pyramids dated now by robert shock ten thousand years old there's also the, the gobekli tepe which is um twelve thousand years old twelve to fourteen thousand years old which is unheard of, you know. School tell the schooling system tells us these structures around the world are three thousand years old, which is hilarious, and they're built by slaves, yeah. you know. But it's um, and with kids are still being taught this in school now, you know, um, and these sophisticated structures that not only um, um, replicate properties of deep mathematics and deep science and alignment of star systems and stuff like that, also replicate inner systems within inside of ourselves, like spiritual experiences, metaphysical events. Um, kundalini awakenings um, energy shifts and all these structures around the world were built on ley lines you know which um, have properties of healing and to, the list goes on and on and on you know so I feel like you know it's no doubt to me that um, that there is there is um, civilizations out there that's come long before us that have had advanced technology you know there's also a, an interesting tribe as well which no one uh, not a tribe sorry a civilization which no one talks about called the Denisovians I don't know if anyone's looked at the work of the Denisovians, but they were a race supposedly that was two hundred thousand years ago, and they had domesticated horses. They were um, they were domesticating wheat. They were also building, creating jewelry, um, and they also spoke. There's also um, evidence suggesting that because he got some genetic material of Denisovians, and you can look this up online, where they actually um, they were it actually showed that their DNA was more they had a more autistic DNA. So there's theories of the reason why they were more autistic. It actually made them more intelligent in terms of mathematics. And there's rumours that they were actually passing down a lot of information to the pyramid builders. Because um, if you look throughout all the scriptures, there is also, for example, if you read stories and books about Gobekli Tepe, there's a book by Andrew Collins called Gobekli Tepe, which I've read. There's also books by Graham Hancock, um, books by many other interesting art, um, art authors like Robert Schock and people like that. And they all talk about how in throughout history there was these um there was these peoples called the hooded ones, and these hooded ones were used as a metaphor because of these sort of these people that sort of were were sort of op um they were sort of trying to infiltrate society infiltrate's not the right word but they were trying to sort of um encourage 
civilizations from the outside. So these people were coming in with advanced skills, um, you know, skills of building, skills of deep, of heavy, heavily mathematics, skills of science. And they were sort of coming into Egypt and they were coming into uh, places around the world, like uh, in the Mediterranean, all these different, um, where these structures are. And they were sort of, you know, sharing their techniques of advanced technology. And these are supposedly originated from the Denisovians. Um, I'm not sure if that's 100% correct, but it's interesting, you know, all throughout civilization there's, there's talk of the hooded ones. So, you know, it makes sense that maybe there was um, at one time on the planet, you know, there was natural disasters and um, civilization got wiped out and these hooded ones took it upon themselves to rebuild civilization in a way that was a lot different and they wanted to pass these skills down to the correct and right people. Um, and there's also there's also rumors as well that it wasn't only human interaction with that as well. There was maybe you know aliens and people like that who were trying to interact and mold civilization in, in a certain way and affect consciousness um, through you know through many different things. Anyway, <laughs> that's a long-winded question. Yeah. There's a lot more to that. I could speak. I could I could write a, um, a long uh, book on that one. <laughs> it's your bread and butter, though, it, isn't it? It is. <laughs> um, right. Next one. You have to help us read these questions. Makes it easy when you're there. Someone said, have you heard, so Cat Knight said, have you heard the theory that those places were seeded by an advanced race from Mars? They destroyed Mars through a war, some moved here or something. This is very interesting to me. This is one that um, excites me a lot. Do you want to add any opinions on Mars before? Because I talked a lot there. Um, so This excites me a lot, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> All I really know from about Mars is what I've heard um, through Alba Wyman's hypnosis sessions. Um, there's a really good uh, hypnosis session that she does. I can't remember the guy's name, but it's it's. I think the title on YouTube is called A Reptilian from Mars. And it's about this guy's experience as a reptilian on Mars, as the title states. And he was. it's a very interesting experience because he was a reptilian and, and he, he talked about how there's human slaves actually working on Mars at the moment. And he was talking about his experiences of knowing what he was doing was wrong, but just being like a cog in the system um, of whatever's going on there. And he was he was getting actually punished because he was helping out the humans. Um, so I would definitely check that out. It's Albert Wyman's hypnosis session. Just type it in on YouTube. But yeah, that's I don't really know much about Mars and stuff like that. Yeah, so. it fascinates me. Um, that, that hypnosis session was really interesting because, you know, hip, there's a lot of... Um, the research being done lately now is a lot of very advanced uh, hypnosis techniques now where people can you know they can pull back re uh, past life regressions and stuff and it, it really fascinates me you know i've had deep uh, moments of psychedelics where i've brought things forward that i didn't even realize of experience and planets that i've lived on and stuff just through psychedelics so you know if there is someone out there who does know a technique of hypnosis and really good at it just like dolores cannon was you know there's enough evidence to suggest that there is you know there is interesting stuff coming forward in terms of past lives and other planets and how we can regress these memories but when it comes to mars for me um you know this i could take this every i could take this in 50 different directions but the first thing that's coming to my mind is um i remember when i first ever started my journey there was a kid and i would if i would recommend any of you guys out there going and check check this out so there was an old uh, a video uh, podcast years ago called project camelot and um, I, I think it's still going now but it's it's not as it's not what it used to be um and anyway, in that in that video, there was there was a woman who was traveling around, and she was basically recording these really in interesting conversations with people around the world. And there was this kid, a Russian kid. So if you type in on YouTube the Russian kid from Mars and watch the interview, it's very fascinating. And it's a it's a kid who basically was a young child. And what I like about child when you get these stories from children, children are, 
you know, for adults, you know, like, for example, if I start talking about reptilians, it's easy to dismiss me, you know, because I've got a lot of preconceived biases. I've got a lot of beliefs. Maybe I'm, you might be thinking I'm just speaking about this to sound cool or to make money or something. But when it comes to children, children are, you know, they're very raw in their consciousness and they have no hidden agenda. And this kid, it was believed that he was a, uh, in a past life, he believed he was a pilot on Mars. And he spoke about in this thing. And, you know, it's, this is something that's still every single, every now and again, you know, when you hear something on the journey, you might not believe it, but you, you bank it at the back of your mind. And you'll continue as you go down the path of awakening, you'll look at one topic, look at another topic. And you'll remember that in the back of your mind and go, wait a second, they were saying that, he was saying that, they were saying that. There must be something to this, you know. And when it comes to Mars, like I said, he was talking about how he's a pilot on 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 Mars, and he spoke about how he, the reason why he was a pilot for and there was a war is because there was a he was a war over this device called the Macabre, which they called it. You know, so we all know from a spiritual perspective within us all there is there is the Macabre. You know, you've got to go deep enough in it on your spiritual awakening. You you can actually I've had the visualization of the Macabre spinning through my body. You know, ancient cultures talked about it, and this belief that the Macabre is actually um, can be can be housed and can be used to actually transfer consciousness. Um, this is really deep, so be open-minded. Can transfer consciousness uh, into other bodies and into other places around this around the solar system. That's the that's the really the deep conspiracy around it. So he said he was a, he was he was he was um, fighting a war over this device. So if you just think about this from a general perspective, if there is any technology out there that any government around the world, any any alien race or anyone around the world want to have would be the ultimate technology would be to be able to harness consciousness. You know, you could imagine if someone did something wrong, you could you could put them in a prison planet. Maybe this is what Earth already is. You know, you could transfer someone's consciousness to somewhere, and you could use that macabre to um to transfer them. There's also an amazing documentary on Netflix, and uh, not documentary. It's maybe it is a documentary, a TV series called um, Altered Carbon. I think it is Altered Carbon. Where basically that's all about the transference of consciousness. How they have these little devices, and they can transfer the consciousness and, and put it in other people. There's also rumors that if you transfer the consciousness that way, you know it doesn't. You can't replicate. Is that is the question? Is is that really you when you transfer it? But who knows what can be do? Who what we can do? And there's also um, a guy called Doctor um, Doc. I can't remember Doctor Baraban. I think he's called. I might butcher in that, but he's a, a he's a nuclear physicist, and he believes that um, he's one of the best nuclear physicists in the world, and he's done a lot of tests supposedly on Mars, um, not on Mars, but obviously looking analyzing pictures, and he believes that a lot of the the the, the sort of the depictions that's been sent from Mars. And I know it contradicts what I said before because NASA's sending out fake pictures and stuff. But he said off the pictures that he's seen, he believes that there's been some sort of nuclear event that, that played out on Mars. Um, so, you know, it's it seems interesting that, um, that like I said, that, that kid was a pilot. He said that they were fighting over something. We've, um, there's there's sort of abrasions and um, us as a civilization doing nuclear testing on this planet and, and wrecking up and wrecking stuff and things like that. Um so anyway, that's that's a rant, but there's there's a lot more. I'm trying to think. There's something else about Mars I learned as well. Um, yeah. Also as well, there's a lot of um, when it comes to if you look into the work of Max Spears, he talks about um, many occasions um, when he was a super soldier, talking about how he was on Mars. There's also many other super soldier, like sort of. And if you don't know what super soldier is, it's basically a young kid who was took from a young age who was trained in astral projection and stuff like that. And they believe that there's a lot of interesting stuff that's going on Mars. You know. So who who knows? You know. The, the it's interesting if you look around the world right now you know the like elon musk and the elites are all talking about they want to go to mars you know 
So what are, what are, maybe what are they talking about when they want to go to Mars? Maybe it's not a physical thing. You know, maybe it's something to do with a metaphysical thing. Uh, the frequency on the planet's changing, so they have to go to Mars because they can't stay on planet Earth. I don't. There's there's a lot in that anyway. You know, <laughs> yeah. that's a rant. <laughs> Um, there's probably questions from ages ago. Yeah, there's a lot. We're going to try and get through them a lot. Al Bundy said it's refreshing to see younger generation. Oh, Al. <laughs> of, of realised beings, young young blood and old spirit. <laughs> I like that. Um, so there's a lot of questions, so I'm going to, I'm just scrolling through some to get some questions now because a lot of people are putting comments, so I've got to try and read through as quick as I can to get some questions. <clears throat> So someone said, how did your eye gazing go at the ancient stones? Um, so this was a inter really interesting experience for us, you know, I mean, I don't, I think we're going to, we're going to hold it back what, what happened because we're still trying to process it. But let's just say that um, I think when it comes to stone circles, it's, you know, it's really, it's really interesting. And um, I think there's a lot to be, like I said before, there's a lot to be discovered in terms of like how these, how these properties of the stones, also how where the stones are, are are on the planet in terms of the layer lines and things like that, and how it affects um, the human psyche. You know, ancient cultures believed that these layer lines were the sort of the the ceremonial space to alter consciousness. You know, uh, scriptures all, of all the past say that all the pyramids all around the world are all cleverly designed on you know on layer lines that all connect across the planet. Um, so when we were eye gazing, um, it was surreal. It was surreal anyway because. There was no one around, so it was quite it was quite interesting. Because normally, when you go to these stone circles and stuff, you know it's packed. It's normally like it's like a tourist hotspot, and there's so many people. But there was not one person in sight, and we yeah, we had the nice. ability. Yeah, we were like there for about an hour, and no one even sort of came anywhere near us. And we just the sun was setting beautiful, and we were just sitting in the middle. And we decided I gaze right in the set center. I've actually put some pictures on my own Instagram as well if you want to see it. But it's really it was such a beautiful day. Um. You know, but I don't know. I don't know. It is about eye gazing. It's just, you know, they say that the eye gazing is the window of the soul, and we've spoke about this many times. And there's still a lot, lot yet to be discovered about it. But even now, um, what we're going to do, what me and Laura just give you a bit of insight, is we're going to actually go back to the to the stone circles uh, one day, and we're going to actually sort of take take some psychedelics, and we're going to try psych taking psychedelics in the stone circles, and we're going to um, eye gaze. So I think we'll talk about that. We'll leave we'll leave that there for now. Yeah, that'd be interesting. <laughs> Oh, that's really nice. You two are perfect combination of perfect and cute. Thank you. That's so nice. Who's perfect and who's cute? <laughs> I think I embody it both for both of us, so. That's funny. <laughs> Someone said, Shirley said, uh, Prince Prince Philip met astronauts and he said the only thing he got from them was, was a cold. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> Sure, it wasn't something else. It wasn't coronavirus. Yeah. Prince Philip's all cold now, anyway. <laughs> this one. So Julian asks the question: Do you think the plants, animals, organisms all have the same consciousness? Maybe it's just a physical mechanism that differs that the consciousness gets to interact through. So this is very interesting. Before diving with this, <laughs> me and Laura the other day actually had a, a full-blown discussion about this. She has different opinions to me, and I also have different opinions. Um, we were actually. Because you know the other day when I was talking about the conversation of veganism, um, Laura's a Laura's, Laura's a vegan, and um, well, I was a vegan. Yeah, for until three I years. encouraged her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but she was basically a vegan for three years, and we were having a lot of um, you know a lot of sort of heated debates about certain elements um, of things that we that we were unsure about 
for Shachiha, the Ahad. You know, it's very interesting because the beautiful thing about life is that you don't have to agree with everyone, you know, like we all are, are our own people and um, Laura has her own thoughts, I have my own thoughts. So this is an interesting question to answer. Um, I'll let you dive in first. So <laughs> I think everything in in this reality is imbued with consciousness. But where me and Dan differ is on the vegan debate anyway, or on this debate is, I think at the highest level, we are all one. But as you get into the third dimensional realm, I think there is a sort of hierarchy. And I, I think that's a hierarchy based off of sentience. And, you know, I don't have all the answers. I don't know. I'm just trying to work through things myself from my own level of consciousness. And when I was a vegan, I kind of, I saw it as humans have like a higher level of sentience and intelligence than most mammals on, on the land. I don't know about dolphins and stuff like that because they're clearly mental and very intelligent. But I think with the amount of intelligence that we have, it comes with a certain responsibility to do the best we can to kind of not not harm animals and not, not eat them. But where me and Dan differ is I see a, a cow as something completely on a different level to a fly whereas you see a fly is sort of like just the same as a cow and that kind that's something that just doesn't really resonate with me um I think a cow I, I don't know I I don't know I just it's something that doesn't really resonate I think there is a so a certain hierarchy in this realm and I think that if we can do our best to to not harm animals and to not put them in factory farms um, I think that's great but I'm, I'm aware that there is a sort of sacrifice I'm aware that we've grew up in Babylon and we've grew up with all these all these comforts and conditions where we're kind of we're kind of disconnected from what reality actually is because I know you were saying when you visited Lamas and and Tao on the land you know he they ate vegetables most of the time but during the winter they ate meat and if a goat wasn't very um was coming towards the end of life. Yeah, if the goat was coming towards the end of life, they would just take it around the back and slit its throat. And I feel like because we're like so wrapped up in a little bubble of like comfort and privilege in Babylon, that we're just like disconnected from reality. I think we will have a very skewed idea of what what should be right. I think a lot of vegans do the kind of see themselves as so helpless that they put themselves on the same level as a as a sheep or. or a fly or whatever it may be um but i do think there's a certain hierarchy and it's just about being as, as conscious as you can and i think obviously like when you're when you're planting crops animals and flies and that are going to get in, hurt indirectly from from you reaping your harvest and things like that but i i don't know i don't have all the answers i just think there is a certain level in this realm yeah. So know. so yeah, no, no, good, no, that's a good point. We don't know we don't we don't know we're all stumbling through this. And I'm also aware that I learned something very interesting the other day that um you know, for example, I've spoke spoke uh, widely that um I eat fish. You know, that's I don't I don't overindulge. I think we eat too much um animal products um as a species anyway. I'm someone who's very conscious. It's something that I'm playing with. I'm you know, I might become a vegan. Who knows? I'm at the minute in my journey I'm really I'm I'm questioning it. I question there's not a day that goes by the other night. I mean Laura was sitting up in bed for about two hours and we were discussing the conversation of veganism. Um we, we you know, we're still we're constantly working through emotions within outside of ourselves, clearing things out, finding ourselves. There's so much cultural programming, and we're constantly moving through this process. We're asking big questions. We're we're trying to, um, like find maybe things that we can't see because, 
in our lives, you've got to ask yourself the question, what is it you can't see? You know, what is it in your reality that you can't see? And I'm constantly doing that every single day. And I'm aware that I'm aware there's loads of things that I can't see. Um, but for me, I, I feel like, you know, I, I feel like that all this, everything in the universe has a form of sentience. And I feel like when you to, to try and distinguish between what is set, what is, has more consciousness and what doesn't have consciousness is very hard to do because a lot of people say that, you know, a, a sheep's more conscious than the tree because it doesn't move. But for me, that doesn't make sense because I know, and I've, when I've took psychedelics and I've altered my consciousness, I know that, that, that arguably that tree has a lot more intelligence than actually the sheep, you know? So, um, I kind of feel like there's a lot yet to be discovered in form in, in terms of consciousness and what's more conscious, what's less conscious. Um, you know, so I think it's a it's a one that still needs to be up for debate anyway. I think there's a lot more to be discovered on it. Yeah, I think what we when we have these debates, what it all boils down to is like it always gets to this same point in the argument or, or the debate that we're having. It's like globalization is the, is the, the cancer. It's <laughs> globalization is where the problems stands. And I think that if we if we did live as human beings are meant to do in like smaller communities, raising like having growing our own uh, fruits and vegetables and having animals, it would kind of cut all these big big debates about. Yeah, about, like, definitely the connection yeah. of that the connection of that would be a lot closer. So you'd be indirectly in connect in connection to that to that question. You wouldn't be on the outsides like we are going to the supermarket. You also wouldn't be, you know, you'd be actually directly hands on in that situation where you with the animals. Then you then you, then when you're in that situation, then you have the conscious decision of how you move forward in terms of that. You know, that's that's what it, it's, it's, a, it's a big one. It's a good. It's a really good talking point. You know, it's a really good one. I think everyone's. It's a big one that everyone works through on the spiritual journey. Yeah, and I still don't know. Like, I still might go back to being a hundred percent plant based. Me, but... me too, as well. Me too. Yeah. I, I, I contemplate every single day. I think for me, like personally, I think veganism was a good stepping stone. Like you've said before, I think um, as you go through your awakening journey, you kind of think, okay, like, I especially had this myself. But it was like, oh my God, I've been lied to about how animals are tread. The factory farms are absolutely horrific. And from that, I jumped into the box of veganism. And it's like you you place yourself in a box and it's it stops you from really moving about and, and feeling what how food feels in your body and determining what's really right for your health so i'm still open like i only eat a little bit of uh, wild caught fish every now and then a tiny bit of uh, grass-fed butter but i'm so i could still go back i'm just kind of finding that right balance inside myself anyway yeah definitely someone said asked the question cat knight said have you seen any many flat earth debates i've looked for the best flat earth uh, defenders and they always get destroyed there was a, there's a very, this is very hard. I did a flat earth debate a, while, a long time ago, by the way. Um, I don't know if you go back through the archives. I don't know if it's even still there, but I did a flat earth debate a long time ago. And, um, you know, the, 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 the guy was an astrophysicist from East Surrey University. And that was so hard for me to set up. You know, people don't realize how much I had to do to set that up. And the complications of the driving around in between and picking up people and stuff and driving 40 50 miles spending 500 pound to rent an airbnb and the airbnb ended up being outside it's complications and stuff you know so there was so much went into that debate and and i really wish that when i did that flat earth debate i wish i got someone who was a lot more stronger who could have actually argued with allegedly dave a lot better because i felt like allegedly dave if you don't know who allegedly dave is he's someone who is he believes in the flat earth model and i felt like you know i could have actually done a better job debating against allegedly dave that the earth's not flat than the astrophysicist did um 
but obviously fair play for him actually turning up and doing that because it's a lot because i reached out with a lot of big youtube channels by the way and what's very interesting about this is that there's a youtube channel out there called sci-fi sci my sci sci i think it's called and um he he commented and sent me an email saying oh i would have debated him i would have done a better job but it's really interesting because when i messaged him he never replied back when i tried to set up with him initially because he was the first guy i tried to set up so you know there's a, there's a lot of people out there who who sort of you know give it the big talk yeah. but they're not will once once it's once it's on a plate and once it's all set up they're not willing to do it uh, so when it comes to allegedly dave you know he's legit he will he will stand up and debate um, but there's a lot of people on either side of the coin, flat earthers and other people who are not willing to engage. Um, but there's also, just to give you guys, one of the best debates that I've seen on the flat earth argument, one of the best ones hands down is um, if you type in on YouTube, um, it's great watch by the way, it's called flat earthers versus young astrophysicists. If you type in flat earth versus young astrophysicists, it should come up. You might have to search a little bit because these things are so grabbled now in the algorithms that you have to search for so long. Um, and this is a really good debate with the, because what I liked about it is that there was three young guys who were, um, you know, they were sort of steeped in the, in the sort of the, the round earth model. And there was obviously four flat earthers. Uh, allegedly Dave was one of them. And there was a few others as well. And it was such a back and forth good debate. You know, both sides had so many good points. Uh, but what I kind of feel like the debate came to was like what I was trying to make the point earlier when I was talking about Flat Earth is that both sides had to agree in the end um, and the longer version anyway, the shorter version didn't do this because it didn't get, get to that, but the longer version, actually both sides you know, came to the conclusion that there's so many anomalies in things that we've been told. When you really, when you get f like six or seven intelligent people, you can find so many flaws in the certain uh, uh, predicaments that we've been taught, you know, like how the, how things are meant to affect in terms of gravity, um, uh, Einstein's theory, Isaac Newton's theory. Like, you know, these there's lots of flaws in all these theories that, that hold up the current reality now. Um, so I kind of feel like, you know, there's, 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 like I said before, there's a lot more to be uh, discovered in terms of what this place truly is, you know, and what uh, the physical properties are going on here. Um... So Al Bundy said, ultimately, whether it's flat or round, it's insignificant, in my opinion, as long as you know it's the only one plane of your experience. Well, exa exactly. That's a, that's a really good question as well. You know, is it is is the flat earth argument a distraction? You know, it's it's really cool to sort of um, to 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 think about these questions. I think it's is tight to the probably tied to the nature of reality, which maybe we're here to ask these questions. Maybe we're here to unlock them. You know, but it's kind of like. You have to sometimes balance these big topics because when does these big topics become too much where you you're not focusing on the self and focusing on the reality that's in front of you? Because I wanted to add as well, um, I'll let you add to this. Um, but like I feel like right now on the planet, this is quite controversial. But right now on the planet, we have all these different distractions that's going on. The media is like portraying. I mean, something just happened today with um, I think uh, was it a white a white woman killed a black guy? Uh, was that yesterday or today? Yeah, I think it was a, a, a black guy getting killed by a police yeah. officer. And this, it seems like the media, you know, like there's there's so many narratives that in culture now that's playing out from every single angle. And I feel like right now on the planet, more than ever, we have so many different distractions that's going on, you know, like um, the government will leak out something or, or, the, or the media will, will put the end, put the, try and focus the, the, the consciousness, the, uh, the, the global consciousness in one certain, certain area of where they want your attention to be. 
And I kind of feel like right now, more than ever, it's it's more important for you to be in your own energy, in your own lane, and actually feel what, what, what you feel in your body. Because, you know, the media right now is telling us one state of reality, but the reality that is in my body is completely different to their reality. Um, so I kind of feel like just it's something good to think about, you know, trying to st stay in, in your own in your own lane, you know, and um, operate from there instead of trying to be dictated by other people. Yeah, I think it's like a kind of form of Stockholm syndrome where you start experiencing, you start realising that, okay, like there's clearly an agenda going on, there's clearly an agenda to pit us all against each other. But how much energy do you actually give towards that? Um, if you're giving all your energy towards that, you're kind of feeding that kind of horrible horrible reality that they want to manifest whereas if you kind of realize that it's there but don't really engage with it and kind of focus your energy towards towards something that's more fruitful like getting land growing your own fruit and vegetables because I feel like what they're planning for is is very quite dark and I have been victim of this myself to kind of overly focus on this dark reality that they that they're manifesting and I think another thing is like trying to trying to wake people up that are still kind of invested in that kind of Babylonian reality and I've kind of that's a realization I've had of myself to kind of not not invest so much time and effort trying to change their way of thinking and make them see what's how things are going down and you know it's how much of a dangerous route things are going I think it's it's been a lesson for me to and Dan especially as well to like to focus our energy into into something more fruitful and beautiful so that you know if things you know, we know how things are going to go down. We know there's probably going to be food shortages and and a really horrible reality that's going to play out. But as long as we have our base set and we have our our home and house in order, then we can bring our family onto that when things do go to shit. But just, just thinking about that horrible reality and bitching about it and mourning about it and tweeting about it, whatever, is going to do nothing. It's, it's only going to perpetuate it. Yeah. So, yeah, I kind of feel like, you know, the, I, I really feel like the disconnect is going to get a lot deeper, you know. Um, I know like in the UK now where we are, um, they've sort of, you know, it's went back to it a little bit and, uh, you know, the, the shops have sort of started opening and stuff. But I kind of feel I wouldn't be surprised, you know, if that's like sort of a, a psychological um, practice that they're going to do where they're going to sort of, because this, this is what's, what's going on right now on the whole of the planet is a, is a mass psychological event. You know, they're sort of like putting things in front of you, dangling things in front of you, giving you a little bit of freedom, then they snatch it away from you and then give it back to you so that they can push certain agendas. This is a sort of a technique, you know, that, that um, a lot of psychologists and, um, you know, even Hitler talked about, he used, you know, mass psychology where you would, you know, you would sort of give somewhat, something to someone or you would cause, or even more importantly, you would, you would create... Um, create an illusional event that's not real but in the minds people actually get the mind virus and believe something's real and then through that process people would be so scared and willing to do anything to get the freedom back that all their all their sort of um all their ways of living they would give away they would give away all their freedoms of choice they would give away um new th new legislations and new laws would be moved in and bypassed and you know right now right on that planet if you'd ask yourself the question if you look around all these laws, all these freedoms are slowly under our feet, are being take, taken away from us in the name of something, you know, that that has, um, and you know, what's the what's the data, what it says? I'm, I've even lost count now what people say. It's 99.999% um, or something, um, survival rate or something. You know, like, yeah. we all know it's, it's, it's a bullshit, you know, but um, there's a lot, there's a lot of interesting stuff that's being moved under our feet. And that's why I feel like more important right now, it's, it's, uh, it's important for you to try and, you know, start 
cultivating uh, yourself in a position we all we've all known for so long that we need as a, as people we need to start moving in a way that we have more we take more power back as people we give so much of our power away and we need to move in a direction that is more self-serving I could speak about that all day, you know. I could probably do a full podcast about that. Yeah, it's definitely like an abuser dynamic that's happening at the moment. And the more dependency you have on an abuser, the more power they have over you. So I feel like it's just kind of being able to see the red flags that are happening. It's kind of, it it is really astonishing how many people are kind of like oblivious to the amount of red flags that are happening at the moment. But... Like I said before, it's it's just about focusing on your own journey and and channeling your energy into something more fruitful and good and not kind of not focusing on all the bad in the world. Yeah. I kind of feel like as well, um it's really harsh saying this, but I kinda of feel like everything in this universe is a test and I kinda of feel like if you if you're still on the tracks now and you believe that the train's real, you know? Like you and you you're still standing on the tracks waiting for the train to hit you, you know, you you kinda of deserve to be hit by the train. <laughs> yeah it's kind of harsh but i kind of feel like that's what's happening it's like a test they're trying to like they're telling you in plain sight what they're doing you know but the, and you, if you're still standing there waiting for the train to hit you then you know what you what's going to happen you're going to be hit by the train but i think that's what um what trauma does and what mind control is it's like it fragments the psyche through trauma and i think people's minds are so fragmented and kind of scrambled in a way through a stress d- different stresses you know having a mortgage having to go to a job you hate eating shit food um, all the traumas of growing up and not processing things and distracting yourself from feeling your own emotions and realizing who you truly are, it kind of, it it puts this kind of black fog in front of you to even see what reality is. And like what we were saying before, if as when you start waking up and peeling back the layers, you start to realize what reality actually is and who you are, and you start to look at the world and question it in different ways. But, but yeah, this yeah. is kind of interesting as well. Just to add to this, just a different point to go off tangent, just something that came to mind. You know, we look around at the world right now, we know that, um, you know, loneliness around the world is one of the biggest killers right now. It was also, just to give you give 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 you guys a bit of an interest and introspection, there was an experiment that was done, a social experiment that was done a couple of weeks ago where um, a guy stood up and he was in like a sort of a town centre and he got everyone, he said, he said everyone, everyone sit down who knows someone who's died of COVID. And three people in that whole audience sat down and he said, everyone stand back up. And he said, everyone sit down um, who knows someone who's died of loneliness, uh, sorry, who's, who's, who's committed suicide of loneliness. And nearly every single person in that audience sat down. So I kind of feel like that's the mic drop right there, you know. Um, we can see what how the world's moved, what the world's been trying to move towards for a long time. And, you know, right now on the planet, which is really interesting, when Laura was talking about the sort of the, the psychological dynamic that's playing out, um, you know, I kind of feel like there's been a movement over the years. You know, I was saying before about how the media tries to portray your consciousness and energy in a certain direction and there's a there's a big movement in the in the world um i know this is this is a, a taboo topic but right now in the world is a sort of you know this feminine fem, you know what's it called how do you say it feminine like i can't say the word um femininity like like sort of you know the feminine movement what's it called oh, feminist 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 movement yeah feminist movement towards you know women having empowerment and sort of men having empowerment and you know working in these jobs with all these long hours and making as much money as you can but i kind of feel like the, there's a lot of people trying to portray like especially when it comes to to the feminine side of things trying to portray women to be this strong masculine type you know there's a lot of women now who are having to embody the masculine not only because the world's around them dictating the rhythms of that, you know, the fast-paced environment, 
too the world's far too um it's far too masculized in terms of it's too the it's too much in the masculine energy yeah. but you know it's like it's kind of dictating knocking a lot of the feminine uh, rhythms in, in the body you know like for example a woman a woman can't even um can't even phone in sick when she's on a period you know because you just can't do it there's so many zero hour contracts and stuff like that women are forced now to go to work and then you've got the dynamic through that of women being um single mothers you know like a lot of that plays out now and imagine right now in the world there's a lot of people who are living by themselves lonely you know a lot of my family's like this now you know my mom for example she's by herself and um you know she's like um you know she has to work a job so she's also having the pressure of taking the vaccine you know as well through that process so I mean, what do you think she's going to do she's dependent upon a, a peer slip that the system's trying to dictate to her she's by herself she's you know she's got a lot of pressure on her and i kind of feel like there's a lot of people on the planet right now the world's been set in a way where we're so isolated from one another we haven't got that community dynamic and it's not it's not a coincidence to me that people are being forced into certain positions and doing things that they don't want to do because they they just want to have an easy life you know, I completely understand that. People want to wear a mask because they want an easy life. You know, I get it. I completely get it. Um, so I just kind of feel like it's right now more than ever, it's so important for us to try and get back to what we know in our hearts we should be, how we should be operating. We should be around, you know, create groups, groups of friends, groups of people on the ground, you know, where we can actually support one another. Because that's where the power is. It always has been. Yeah, I think um, Owen Benjamin spoke about this on his um, on his podcast a couple of days ago, and he was saying that the more you live in in sin, in that you know sin has such a like a what's the word for it? It's like a, an associ- an association of like being Christian and and being stupid. But what sin really is is just it's like selling out yourself for short term pleasure. That's basically what sin is. And people are so clouded by their own sins of what, you know, watching pornography, um, eating junk food. And it's like it clouds your vision of what's really going on. And he gave the example of um, in American schools, like very young kids are having to get their temperatures taken to go sit in the classrooms. And to take their temperature, they're literally shooting a gun to their forehead, the teachers. And it's like, why aren't they shooting it to the wrist? You know, if they do need to take the temperature, why are they conditioning kids to have something pointed at their forehead? And the teachers, obviously, they're just like, they're so, and well, just, just, I don't want to judge, the, you know, but they're just doing the job, aren't they? They they're just know. doing the job, but it, it's also like, they're not questioning the, the wider agenda, what's going on. They're kind of, they've got their filter of, oh, you know, I just need to take this child's temperature. They don't, you know, they're not really questioning why can't we take it on the wrist or anything like that. And it's kind of, it's kind of conditioning children to, to, you know, be part of a, a, a larger, more sick agenda. And I forgot where I was going with that. Was but, gonna, oh, oh, yeah, sorry. sorry. Um, but I think that's that's the same with the feminist movement. I've played like I've made a whole video about that. I was a victim to this feminist movement, and it's it's basically a subconscious anger towards men. And there's been an attack on masculinity. So men aren't acting like true men. Men are meant to be the the leaders, the protectors. The, they're meant to guide the family unit, and because men aren't a lot of men aren't acting as that character because they've been subdued by pornography and the schooling system and not having proper masculine roles in their life. It's, it lets women down because like women want that role. And women are like, now women are, through this feminist movement, women have been told that, oh, you know, to, to use your brain effectively, you need to go get a career for yourself. And it's like, it puts women in cubicles and their children are left to the hands of the state and their women are, 
left like vulnerable to a, a boss or a male figure and it's just like I would you know when I've after I've like come back out of that movement and I've kind of released myself from that brainwash and it was like I would rather put my faith in Dan than the the government hands down any day I'd rather put my trust in him than to to like to know that he's gonna lead me in a in our future family in a much better direction than the government so I feel like they've done that for a very sinister reason because they know they know what's gonna happen in the future so yeah yeah I just want and yeah I just want to add to that um I think as well you know if if you are um you know it's clear to see right, right now that there is like sort of a there has been a deep subduing of 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 the masculine and the feminine going on right now but for example when Laura described that situation where the where the kids are getting the temperature going pointing at the heads you know like no everyone's sort of so subdued that they're not no someone's not willing to stand up and say that's not right I, you know that's not right what's going on there and I kind of feel like right now for me that's a hard dance because you know I'm aware to be in my own energy and sort of you know be more conscious and try and focus on what I want to do in my life and you know and trying to try to you know try to create something from my own creativity my expression of consciousness but at the same time I look around and I'm saying you know these kids do haven't been in this situation where you know they're getting the temperature gun pointed at their heads they're wearing masks sitting in the classroom and you know getting our every every two seconds where we go we're getting temperature checked and stuff like that and you know is this is this really like the world that I'm, i could rant about it all day but you know we can all see this is not the world that we want to live in we don't want this in the world and also just to add before as well um it was interesting before when Laura was talking about you know the dynamic between the masculine and feminine I, I read something a while ago which I thought was really interesting so a lot of cultures in the past they had this um this sort of this um this structure within civilization where the the men in the civilization which I thought was really interesting you know this might this could probably help what's going on right now so the men in situation on from a practical level would come up with a solution that or a, or a sort of something that need to be worked on with that community they would practically all the men would come together think of the idea but the final decision was actually made with the feminine energy so it had to so come from more of a practical sense for the men but then the women through the intuition and sensitivity actually started you know because this is not always the case but the feminine energy is very sort of you know it's it, I feel like sometimes masculine energy is a bit more sort of driving forward, sort of saying the, yeah. the immediate, you know, thinking about the immediate. I know not all men do that, you know. I've still got that component within me where I'm balanced, but I think like the feminine energy thinks more about the family dynamic, thinks more about the community, you know. And if you look right right now around the world, um, if you look around all the leaders in the world right now, there is no feminine energy in the leaders, right? And I'm going to expand on that. If you look at the women leaders around the world, they're not in the feminine. They're the more in the masculine. The, the women leaders in the world are, all, are more in the masculine. They're not in the feminine energy. So, you know, I kind of feel like that's an interesting dynamic. The world right now is very masculine driven. It hasn't got that feminine energy to it. And we know it, what, 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 it's crazy what's going on, you know? Should I have a look at some more recent questions, I feel like? Yeah, sorry. I wonder, this, this, we'll answer some more. This was a really cool one. Shirley said, um, question she said, um, I'm trying to wake up, but people just laugh at me. Just want to quickly touch on that. It's a common theme because, um, you know, I feel like <clears throat> if people laugh at you, maybe that's just telling you that they're definitely people that you don't want to be around and not be. That's sort of showing you, the universe is showing you right in that moment that that that's they, them people aren't for you. It shouldn't be in your life. Yeah, 100%. I feel like I don't take that as a bad thing because I feel like, you know, you're obviously operating at it. A higher frequency and it intimidates them so mm -hmm. that's people will d laugh at you to try to pull you back down into their frequency 
so don't internalize that and take it out on yourself just just carry on with what you're doing because you're on the right path really i'm really sorry as well if i'm missing any questions i'm trying to do my best there's a lot of stuff coming in um so someone said l um yeah l el pasco ali said do you have any family members that have taken the vaccine so yeah definitely yeah. nearly a lot of our family members have all took it yeah um, they're queuing up for it the que- yeah they're queuing up yeah. for it yeah. which is uh, which has been very difficult <laughs> yeah so even um you know even with our friends and families and stuff you know it's it's very interesting because it's sort of it seems like every a lot of people's been swayed by it, you know um it's kind of interesting dynamics i'm sure you're out there as well and you know you kind of like what i what i feel like um you know when you start waking up and you have this level of consciousness um and i'm not saying that there's any level of consciousness that's that's right or not you know i'm just stating the fact that when you start waking up you do get a general overarching theme of bigger topics and you're able to analyze stuff better and you know when you try to like say for example you um maybe one of your loved ones is bound to to, to um, indulge in something that you see in that momentary thing is something that's not quite right or doesn't add up for example like taking the the, the vax you know and um you, you try to like put a bit of information across to them it just bounces off them yeah. it's kind of weird it's like there's a there's like a there's like a wall up you know you like say like well what about this um you know this people are actually getting really bad from it you know like for example one of the things is that um one of the commonalities I hear a lot of people is they say like, oh, you know, you're meant to, it's, it's, it's normal to be sick for three days after you get it. What? It's normal for three days to get sick. So something that's supposedly meant to make you, make you healthy is meant to make you sick. Does an apple do that? Yeah. Does a banana do that? It's Does exercise do that? Yeah. It's the upside down world. 100%. It's in plain sight. <laughs> Mad, isn't it? It's crazy. It's just a difficult one because I've like I've seen that a lot in my family and it's it feels like I've just got to let them choose like they've obviously come here to learn certain lessons and who am I to deprive them of their lessons and you know what at the end of the day it's like you can't wake people up you've just got to live from your frequency and do the best you can and and if that you know if that plants a seed for someone then great that's it really. So many questions. Some put is the queen a lizard. Yeah, the queen is the queen a lizard. <laughs> yeah, I've had some dreams about the queen. Um, about like looking into our eyes and, and just seeing like black abysses. Like our soul, our soul is so, is, is gone basically. That's the only way I can describe it. But yeah. yeah. It is, it is, it is, it is interesting. You know, me and Laura's, I'm not going to go too deep in it, but me and Laura's, you know, we've, it definitely seems to be this some sort of maybe external force and also inner force in regards to the reptilians, regards to the higher nature and lower nature of who we are, you know. We're still trying to work that one out, you know. Um, but it's it's clear to see there's definitely some interesting stuff that's going on in regards to reptilians, you know, pops up all throughout civilization. Um someone said six six seven quantum seven seven said, Can hypnosis help with porn or sex addiction uh, sex addic- addiction? I I've never actually um I've never done um hypnosis before but um i kind of i mean probably you know probably as it probably as it can you know um i think i have never done it either but i think if it's talking to your subconscious mind then it's it's bound to do something it's bound to to release something or look at something that's been subconsciously affecting yeah you know porn or sex addiction yeah i kind of feel like the the best thing that you can do around it is just you know start educating yourself you know 
like start asking yourself questions when you if you carry out whatever whatever the act is in your life if if you know in your heart because like I've said before we do have a mechanism with inside of ourselves that is trying to tell you all the time if you do something that's you know not, not quite aligned with you there is a little voice that's telling you that this is not quite right um, and you know you just start moving more towards it you know like asking yourself the question how does this make me feel when I after I carry this out this act um, you know, and, and you'll slowly start building up them forces inside yourself that will will navigate you away from that, or even educate yourself around that. You know, maybe looking to if it's porn addiction, maybe looking to sex trafficking and stuff like that. And then, also, as you start building up the forces, you know, you you naturally may tr- start moving away from it. Um, I feel like we're quite high up. That's we need to scroll down quite a lot. But I know, I know. there's so many there's, questions and comments. That's an interesting one. Someone said. Uh, tarantula said thoughts on reincarnation traps how to escape etc what's your thoughts on, on reincarnation in general um, it's a million dollar question <laughs> yeah I think it happens um, I know Max Spears spoke about how um, the moon is is like a soul catcher and it it kind of recycles souls and back into this realm so I'm not sure about that but I definitely believe in reincarnation but I'm still trying to feel my way through a lot of information about reincarnation traps and, and and people who portray false light and stuff like that. I think it's all about, I think all this spiritual journey and, and whatever you call spiritual is all about peeling back the layers and getting more in touch with what's in here and listening to what feels right in there. So I'm, I'm not 100% sure. Yeah, it's, a, it's reincarnation is a big one. It's a, one that I've, I'm fascinated by. I've looked into loads, but it does kind of feel like whatever's going on on this planet, there does seem to be a dynamic playing out where we're working through stuff and we're healing stuff. Uh, we're healing ancestral stuff. We're healing uh, past lives stuff and um, things that we've, sins that we've made in other lives and things like that. Um, you know, for example, uh, there's a lot of people going through a lot of deep work right now on the planet um, and they're working through a lot of deep emotions. And I said this on the podcast the other day, but I really feel like the emotions are the key to this place. Um, the more that we move our emotions out the way of um, things that have stored up with inside of ourselves and stored up inside of ourselves, the closer that we get to that that um, that Christ-like consciousness or whatever you want to call it. You know, you can put any name on it you want, higher self. Um, but, you know, I, I feel like um, it makes sense to me that... Um, if we are uh, consciousness, if we are we are consciousness, I know we're consciousness. Um, you know we're not these bodies. It makes sense to me. I thought if we were, if we needed to to learn and evolve ourselves, we would have to keep coming back to here. If we made mis- decisions or we made mistakes, you know, karmically we'd have to come back and live out certain lives. I kind of feel like in our lives, certain people ta- uh, are turning up in a way as well to to re to relive them karmic events out. So, for example, you might have a relationship with someone who's playing out a karmic event that you need to you need to sort of learn from. Um, you might um have a certain situation or that plays out in your life something that that cont- that you haven't worked on in a past life that you need to work on. I kind of feel like this whole place is that the the whole universe around us is speaking to us in a way of things that maybe we haven't we haven't worked on that we need to you know manifest manifestation kind of works like that in a way. Yeah. But reincarnation is a good one. It's uh, really interesting to me. Um, someone said Cat Knight said, "Have you ever um been to Glastonbury? It's very powerful. Some people think Jesus died there." Uh, very, uh, very interesting. I've I've been to Glastonbury a couple of times. Um, I, I did quite a lot of podcasts there a long time ago. I went to a couple of uh, conscious events down there. But Glastonbury is a really sort of, you get a vibe from it. It's very sort of, it's in the UK. It's very, um, the south of the UK. It's very sort of spiritual, a lot of spiritual communities down there. We're thinking about actually heading down that way in the van. Um, 
because at the minute we're doing up a van so we're thinking about heading that way to sort of meet some people who's down there as well definitely in cool. the future um some it's very powerful some people think jesus died there um the research that i've done on jesus i definitely don't think uh jesus jesus died there um the research that i've done anyway but i, I don't i don't know you know um, it seems like uh, Jesus actually died in Jerusalem. So what we've been actually watching a lot of stuff lately on Jesus. We're fascinated by it. Yeah. There's a guy, I'm not sure what his name is, but he's um, he says he's the reincarnated soul of Jesus. And when you listen to him speak and how he speaks and holds himself and the information he presents, he seems like he's very he's he's being very genuine. So yeah. it's really interesting. I kind of feel like when it comes to the topic of Jesus, just to quickly add, I kind of feel like, you know, I feel like we're all God, you know, we're all probably we all carry that Christ like Jesus consciousness, whatever you want to call it. Because I kind of feel like that's what he was. He's just a normal guy who, 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 you know, he went through the higher, opened up his chakras, went to the higher consciousness, which we're all, all of us are doing who are watching this now. You're all working on yourself. Um, but I kind of feel like, um, you know, it's it's more of a metaphor for like, it's the it's the powerful messages in between of the Jesus stories that interests me. It's the, the clearing of the emotions, working on yourself clearing out the sins you know sins like laura said before sins is a word that you'll people associate with christianity or something and they'll go ah that's bull, that's bullshit but i kind of feel like it's just a, it's just a process of working on yourself you know you can put whatever word you want on it it's interesting because what he says is like it's just about being as open as possible to your emotional condition at every moment and i really do feel that but i feel like we've got so much traumas and conditioning placed on where that it's actually quite difficult to really feel what we're feeling in this society i think we're quite a fragmented and you know um broken's not the right word but a quite hurt society we need there's a lot of healing that we need to go through can you say any questions I see that the vegan debate's got some comments. Yeah, it's, it's up for debate, you know, it's a it's a big one. I kind of feel like when it comes to the vegan conversation as well, just while I'm trying to find a question, you know, we all know in our minds that there is a, there's a whole cache of um, contradictions when you start asking, when you start getting to that point of consciousness, you know. We know it's all probably in our heart, you, you, you know, it's, we know it's not right to, to kill something, you know. It's kind of a weird one that that has a lot of contradictions, in my own mind anyway. Um it's hard to find the questions. Yeah, I'm just reading. So many. I think people are having a little debate about veganism. Um, let's let's try and find one. <laughs> There's so many comments in there. It's insane. Um, Do you know your life path number? I don't actually. Do I you think know? you actually know. I think you're a one. I'm a number five, which is all about freedom. And, I'm the one. <laughs> and Dan's a number one, which is to, which would be so Dan. <laughs> <laughs> so typical of Dan. He's he's got four Aries placements in his chart and four Capricorn placements. That's what I have to live with. Someone who's like he's like just on the go, wanting to work all the time, and I'm just like a sleepy Pisces wanting to take a rest and chill. It's <laughs> funny that. <laughs> it, it is. By the way, it's just to add on on terms of that one. I'm trying to find because there's so many stuff, but it's very interesting from an astrological perspective. I was someone who I used to believe that astronomy was a, and I didn't believe it. I thought it was a load of crap. But the more I've started looking into it more and more, it's very interesting how it actually does it does um, play out in my life. You know, like, for example, I'm an Aries, um, and my energy's always been Aries energy. You know, throughout my whole life. Yeah. And obviously, your Pisces and your Pisces energy has always been yours. I don't know if you you guys out there are the same. You know, with your star sign, how your energy is. But it seems like a lot of people who I know, their energies are all in their star sign. You know, so this place is this place is mad. It it really is. 
It's interesting because Aries is the start of the zodiac and Pisces is the the end. And Aries is like the the blasting out of the masculine force. You know, it's Aries season is springtime, and Pisces is the winter. It's like churning inwards. So it's it's actually quite nice how he's the masculine Aries force and I'm the feminine Pisces force. Find a question. I haven't seen any questions yet. There's just too many comments. Um, someone said, am I in the sixth dimension? <laughs> Is that not a song? I left my consciousness <laughs> in, in the sixth dimension. Left my soul in its oh, we need a question. <laughs> really start, imagine if someone's tuning in now. <laughs> <laughs> just, just like staring at the comments. <laughs> uh, uh. That's so funny. There's so many. Um, when we scroll so, down to the bottom. So, so anyway, there's one there. Someone said, um, this how, about how, how about So Black Swan Rising said, how about numerology? You looked more into that, haven't you? Uh, yeah, all I've really looked into that is, um, is my life path number. I see a lot of repeating numbers. Um, I see 333, 444, 222 quite a lot. But... I think when they come through, it's quite obscure. I know 333 for me from the experiences that I've had around 333, including like a really profound, mystical, psychedelic experience. It's 333's a message coming through about like connecting to my inner child and childlike, pure, innocent nature. But in terms of the other number sequences, I'm not 100% sure what they mean yet. I think the truth, they, yeah, I think as you look back with hindsight over certain events in your life and why certain synchronistic numbers have played out, it's, um, it makes sense, but when you're in it, it doesn't really make that much sense. Yeah, definitely. Someone said, uh, John, I can't pronounce that second name, John Exxon, yeah. says, how do you suggest we continue to share the world with the society going in the wrong direction, opposite to our values and beliefs? For example, we're soon going to be banned from shops without the vax. This is a really good, this is something that I'm, I've been contemplating, you know, because at the end of the day, you know, we're all, we're all the same, you know, we're all like, um, you know, we're all human being at the end of the day, regardless whatever level of our beliefs and whatever our consciousness is. And it, it really is a spiritual sort of war to try and, you know, be on this, try to operate on through your truths, but also trying to understand other people. But ever so more right now on the planet, you know, that gap is really, you know, the, the difference in consciousness really is complete on a different level. And I kind of, I kind of don't know what's going to happen, you know. Like, kind of like it says, we're not going to be able to go to supermarkets, you know, because we want to have sovereignty over our own body, which I fully believe. You know, if someone wants to get the vax, great, fine. I believe that someone should be allowed to do that. But if someone doesn't, they should also be allowed to have sovereignty over their body. So I kind of feel like I don't want it to get to this, but I kind of feel like the gap is probably just going to get keep to continue to get thicker and thicker over the next couple of years, and I, I don't know how it's going to play out. I think. Um... I think it's being aware that they're that like let them have their world, but don't engage with it. Just focus your energy on creating something better and more fruitful. Owen Benjamin was talking about this on his podcast the other day. He was showing a video of like Caitlyn Jenner singing in a in a dress, like basically dressed up as Satan singing, and all the like she was singing terribly, and all the crowd all the crowd was like kind of dancing along, like pretending it was good. And it's like let them have that world like let them have that world of like absolute nonsense just let them have it and don't engage with it just just carry on doing your own thing and I think you know when Dolores Cannon speaks about the splitting of the earth I really do see it I think right now everybody's at like a pivotal pivotal what's the word pivotal 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 crossroad cross, I can't even speak 
pivotal crossroads in their life, like choosing between the the great awakening or the great reset. Yeah, definitely. So someone asked the question, um, Mr. Joshua, I think it is, said what that's see the cat that's yeah. the cat's meowing again in the room now. He says, Mr. Joshua said, What's what's your answer when someone asks you if you believe in God? What would what would you I, say of that? So if someone asked you um I, I think um if you believe in God. The because my perception of God and someone else, somebody else's perception of God could be two different things. So if we're having a conversation about God, I could have one perception in my head and someone else could have a different perception in their head. So I think to get clear on what I believe God is, is that it's a, it's the most high creator. It's the, it's the creative energy of the universe that operates through everybody. And I always say that I believe in God now. And I used to be like a hardcore atheist, even though, even though when I was a kid, I used to, I used to speak to God, even though I was brought up in like a non-religious household. I, I think what I've realized is that I was tuning into the frequency of God inside myself as a child. And as I've had psychedelic experiences, I realized that God is a frequency inside of us that we can tune into and communicate with. So yeah, I always just say that I believe in God now, even though I didn't used to before yeah. my awakening. It's kind of interesting because God's one of them words that that's very sticky within society. That's been so manipulated and skewed within uh, throughout, throughout uh, culture that when, especially if you say it to someone, now like of the younger generation just like i used to believe this if you say god it just switches that part of the mind off they don't even want to be involved in it because they have so much association with churches and graveyards and things like that you know yeah. and weddings and things like that and it's like it just shuts that part of your mind off when you're younger but really you know like laura says when i've gone on a journey you can call it you can use the word god consciousness universe whatever it is it resides within us you know you just gotta take psychedelics or alter your consciousness or you know evolve them parts of yourself to, to, to the point where you can be in touch with it as much as you want you know it's kind of like um there's a there's an amazing quote by um i think it's yogananda i think it is and he says um there is an invisible force that is all around us he went i can feel it but i can't see it and i kind of feel that's what it's like you know there is something that's permeating through this whole place and um, you just have to have be in touch with it to feel it um, and it's the that's the force and the spirit that that animates every single object in the universe. It, it, you know, it's, it's the thing that, it's the reason why um, all the ancient cultures built the pyramids, truly, if you go deep enough, they built that to replicate that essence and pass it down to us. It's something that all the ancient cultures were fascinated by, the questions of that essence, what is it truly? And it's the thing that's governing this whole reality, you know, but we don't know what it is. Science tries to say it's something else, you know, try to say it's dark matter theory or it's something else, you know, or whatever they try to do. But really, it's something that we can't see through the human sense, but we can feel it, you know, through the deeper part of ourselves. That's what I feel anyway. Yeah. Um, the cat's me on. <laughs> uh, Dawn Cortez said, what do you think happens to star seeds after this incarnation? So I, so I kind of feel, just to reframe that question, because obviously the, the, the word star seeds, a lot of people call it light workers, people call it empaths. There's many different words for that. So what I kind of feel like, just to reframe it so people know how I'm going to answer this, the way I'm going to attack this question is, is I mean that people who sort of, who have them exceptional powers or maybe people who like, you know, who, maybe who people who elevate their consciousness to a, a point in this human existence, this human reality, where they are a little bit different over people. 
Um, what I kind of maybe they've cleared out a lot of the traumas and cleared out a lot of work. What I kind of feel like, um, you know, my opinion's changing on this. This is a million-dollar question. I don't know what happens, you know. Like, sometimes is the point of life, like, what is the point of life? Is it always to be in the higher realms, you know? For example, if we evolve our consciousness and we um, we become enlightened, do we eventually press the reset button and come back down to the ground again? Like Alan Watts used to say that, you know, we live out, human, uh, live out a life where we don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, this is a million dollar question. I kind of feel like there is probably realms of expression above this. It's clear to me that this is the three D. This is the three D realm where we're here to learn. You know, we're here to feel. It's, you learn a lot faster than you probably would in more less denser realities like the, the the metaphysical realms. There's loads of research done on this, talking about how there is there is many different levels above this one that um you know different beings are operating in. There's also theories that um that I've come across that. There is also beings that's operating in the astral. There's beings that are operating in the dream realm. When they were about to die, they were actually astral projected and moving into them realms. So that I think this place is so massive. You know, I, I don't, I kind of don't know. Maybe, maybe the star, maybe there's people here, evolved ascended masters who are in this density now, who have chose to come back here at this time on the planet now to to help the evolution of humanity. Yeah, there's a lot of questions about that. You know, I don't know. I think, I think. The universe is so vast. We could, uh, we could come from anywhere. We could be aliens living on a, on on Jupiter, just projecting our consciousness into this reality right now, and then when we die in this reality, I might just go back and be back in that reality. I'm not sure. What I do, what resonates for me is that you where you go depends on how much, how much emotional clearing you've done, how much, how much bullshit have you shed off yourself, how much conditioning, how much trauma. How how pure is your emotional state? And I think what that answer determines where you end up, which realm you end up in, where you go. But I'm open to being wrong. I don't know. Yeah, definitely. Honestly. Should we answer two more questions? Yeah. Two more. So this one that's come up here says, um, Elf Wald said, what or who do you think is ultimately behind this agenda? So this is a big one. Do you want me to attack it first? The, just the agenda for the world. In general, what's going playing out now on the planet, you know? Um, I think from what we've seen, I think it's a, I say we've seen each other as reptilians and what I feel that is, it's a, it's operating from an overly polarized left hemisphere way of thinking. It's being overly rational, calculating, cunning. It has no sort of emotional intelligence. It kind of reacts from a place of fear instead of consciously creating from a place of love. And I feel like the behind the powers that be in this planet i think there is a reptilian force that is controlling things but i think even beyond that and beyond that force i think it's it's satan i think it's that like an ultimate it's the ultimate polar polar opposite of what god is the love and creator i think what's really operating through the powers that be in the planet is really beyond the reptilians and how evil and sadistic it is and i feel like shouting out Owen Benjamin a lot in this because I've been watching him a lot recently but he was talking about like you know when you're when you're an elite and you're operating from a place of sin it's like you you have a very short-term way of thinking and I think what's really operating through the elites is a a much darker long-term plan and I feel like the more you live in sin the more more entities can operate through you so yeah I feel like it's a it's a very negative evil force that's operating through the powers that be on the planet 
What was the question again? <laughs> I was, was, was reading like, some of it. Uh, what do you think's ultimately behind this agenda? Oh yeah. Um, so I, I'm kind of I'm kind of in two camps in this one because I kind of feel like collectively, um, there is a collective shadow that's playing out in all this. You know, there is a um, as a civilization we've never really gone through initiation like right where we are right now as people like in this time era. So I kind of feel like right now what's going on the agenda that's playing out maybe it is sort of a big initiation. You know, we're all having to all having to play out play out. Um, I kind of feel like um, I feel like it could be you know this place is so vast and the experiences I've had and the research that I've done I kind of feel like there is maybe sort of a, a spiritual war that's playing out you know maybe there is sort of external forces that's trying to dictate our rhythms of our life you know I don't know what that is like as Laura said we've seen the reptilians when we've gazed and we're still trying to figure out that ourselves we, we were aware that that was our lower part of ourselves that was operating but you know, if there seems to be there's so much evidence talking about um, outside forces that have been trying to dictate the the rhythms of this reality. You know, um, so I kind I kind of I kind of don't know. It's, it's I know one thing's to show that the reality that's playing out um, and the decisions that are being made, and it seems like they're not for human nature. Seems like they're not haven't got my interests at heart, and I trust my intuition over over anyone else. You know, so it seems like something is seem to be trying to manipulate us you know and put us in a certain direction but you know fundamentally even if you even if you have deep challenges where you are faced with a see if you example, have a metaphysical experience and you're faced with a dark energy or something ultimately you're always in control of that experience you know by your by your mind state and your consciousness so i kind of feel like right now we do have the ability to navigate the space even though it's going to be challenging it's going to be hard we still have the ability to navigate away from the world that they whatever it is wants us to, to move into because we're, we're the, we're, you know, truly what the, what this whole place has been set up in a way, the thing that they are scared of is that true essence within us. They're trying to numb that out, you know, and they want that gone. But they can't, you know, because even now, look, we're having these conversations now. It's not gone. It's 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 more than ever present, you know. Yeah. It kind of feels like, in a way, as a reaction to what's going on right now with the hidden agenda, more and more people are actually waking up, you know, 100%. which I think is beautiful. Um, one more question, maybe. Yeah. Someone said, um, "What's your thoughts?" Uh, sorry, said through your experiences with psychedelics, have they helped you learn more towards death, leading to a consciousness soup or an individual cont- continuation of consciousness? Really good question. That, like, by the way, very good. It's a big one. Yeah, it is a big one. This is going to be another two hours. <laughs> you want me to jump in? Yeah, I'm still. I'm just trying to read it again it's a big one so for me um when i've took psychedelics you know psychedelics naturally do that for you they normally you know they take you to that point of they take you to that point of death as well and on many occasions they make you surrender to who you truly are that you're not these bodies um you know it, it, like again it's it is the million dollar question I'll, I'll give it a go you know it's something that i'm still trying to i'm still trying to work out myself i kind of feel like sometimes when sometimes when i have these big experiences i question i, I question like you know is our our question are we individual consciousnesses are we part of a, a larger stream are we all connected in the same thing you know the talk people talk about all these different densities and realities eventually do we all just return to to the to the source and i don't even know why i'm doing that for it's just when i've had these experiences kind of feels like the energy whatever it is that's manifestation through us all it is kind of it feels like that stream like that stream like source you know that multicolored rainbow like stream um so I I, I kind of I, I don't I don't know it's it seems to be doing something you know I'm I've got my consciousness and my body Laura's got hers and hers you've all got your consciousness and yours we all very different we have different beliefs and different opinions um 
So I kind of don't know, but I do believe that there definitely is, just to give a brief no answer, that I, I, I know 100% in my heart that after this life, this is not it. I know for a fact it is. I've had too many experiences where I've, where I've peaked beyond the veil, where I know that consciousness does precede death and move forward, because this is just a temporary uh, meat suit. I don't really know. I think... I do. <laughs> well, I know I know that, but I, in terms of the question, I don't, I don't know if it's like a like a, a consciousness soup i think i think it could be both i think it could be a consciousness soup and an individual like an individual continuation of consciousness i think it just depends on where the consciousness is focused like where the con individual consciousness is focused at the time if it's got the broader awareness it could be within the the consciousness soup of everything or if it's like got a more narrow focus it could be just focused on its individual soul but that might make no sense, but it makes sense inside my head. But yeah, I think it could be both. Yeah. I don't know. We'll leave it there. Yeah. That was really cool, by the way. And I just wanted to say thank you so much for everyone tuning in because there's a lot of people tuning in there and there's so many questions. And what I really loved as well is that every single person, I'm reading the comments now because I'm at the bottom, but it's just it's just cool to see like-minded people, you know, who are not. I haven't seen one negative comment in there today. Like, there's, there's not one negative comment that I've read through. Everyone's sort of, you know, you're open-minded and you're actually engaging. It's it's so nice. It feels like, in a way, like, this is why I love doing this and why I wanted to encourage Laura to do it because it's, it kind of feels like there's a there's a community of people out there who are also asking the same questions. There's a lot more of us out there than, 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 you know, than, than we're led to believe. And it's just, I don't know, it's just beautiful anyway. And I, I love you all. Wherever you are in the world, I really love you all. Oh. <laughs> it's just really nice because I feel like in our lives it's just it's just me and dan really like in our immediate life that can just bounce stuff off each other we don't have a, a group of friends or a community where we can in our physical reality where we can like talk about these concepts so it's nice to just kind of hop on and, and chat to people and mm. answer questions and just go back and forth with people who are on the same frequency yeah and i was just to add as well i know that you guys obviously this adds value to you use as well but it also adds value to to us um, I know we're not physically in a room, but it kind of feels like that in a way that we're just sort of, you know, we're just, we're just friends and we're chilling out. Yeah, <laughs> it's nice. It's really cool. Yeah. Anyway, peace out. Hope you all have a great day wherever you are in the world, and we'll be, we'll definitely going to do more of these in the future. Peace, peace out. Peace out. See you later. Thanks so much for checking that out. And just to play this podcast out, I'm not going to ramble on. This is a song called Sea and Fire. It's by an artist called Harrison Storm. It's a really cool one. So enjoy this song, Sea and Fire, by Harrison Storm. Enjoy your dear wherever you are in the world. Peace out. Colors I can see Lost in my mind Lost out at sea Something wasn't right Look straight through us Only so me Do it, lose it all Floating or in fall No, it was my fault Always seemed to Can we wake up now, 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 now? Can we wake up now, 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 now? Can we wake up now, 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 now? Can we wake 
Can we wake up now, 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 now? 